0: Thank you for joining us on this journey. Welcome back. Today's question that we're answering is, can I be a doula if I have never had a baby myself? Now, the short answer to this is yes. Yes, you can. Um, I think doula work is unique in that it really emphasizes birth, right? And pregnancy. And the reality is, many doula's find their way to this work from their own birth and pregnancy experiences, and so that's a legitimate form of sort of um, developing the passion or the calling or the um, even the knowledge of the field of being a doula. Right? What that means is that folks who have not had a baby, who have not had a pregnancy, who have not given birth, can feel a little out of their depth sometimes. And so I want to reassure you a little bit that I think sometimes it can actually be a benefit to not have had a baby yourself as a doula and also that all of us have different experiences of having babies. So even those of us who have had kids do not come to this work with all the knowledge in our own bodies of how it plays out. So I want to give you a little story of my own birth. So my first baby was enormous. He was 11 pounds. Um, and I, I just laugh every time I say that because I know when people hear that, they're like, what? Like 11 pounds. I did not birth him through my vagina, which is great. Um, and so he was 11 pounds. There was nothing wrong with him. There was nothing wrong with me. Blood sugars were great on both of us. Um, my husband is incredibly huge. And so that's who we're blaming for this 11-pound baby, um, and he he owns that. It's fine. He's 6'5", um, and so I can't imagine how big my child's children would be if he decides to have children. So he was born via C-section. I never went into labor. He never engaged in my pelvis at all, and part of it was his head was enormous, and we knew that, and so there was a much higher need for a C-section than a typical kiddo. Right. And 11 pounds is like, I'd say a little outside of the range of normal in terms of newborn size. And he was born, um, two days before his due date. So he was born at almost 40 weeks. And so he was, um, he was due on the 13th. He was born on the 11th. So he was full grown, right? Like he was definitely fully developed, but not like overdue or anything like that. So that was my first experience, just straight up planned C-section, right? I got pregnant again pretty quickly. So I got pregnant within about seven months of his birth. And then, um, I had our second son at 15 months. And so 15, 15 months after my first, now that's really like a little bit shy of what doctors like in terms of trying for a V back. And so, um, the other fun fact about me is that I have a funny shaped uterus. It looks like bunny ears. And so my, um, when I get pregnant, I'm only pregnant in one side. So part of the question was having never had having never had labor. What would that even do to my cervix? Would it open it well? Would it progress or not? Um, and also, how big was this kid? Because I knew they knew I had a history of double digit babies, right? So with my second, I went into labor around 38 weeks, a little before 38 weeks, and progressed okay for a while. Like I labored for probably like I don't know. 12, 13 hours, um, I guess maybe a little bit, yeah, right about 12 or 13 hours, and I went in when my contractions were close to like like seven or eight minutes apart because they wanted to be sure to monitor and see kind of like make sure there wasn't any excessive bleeding and things like that because I had had a huge baby and I'd had a a C-section, and so I got to about four centimeters, and the reality was that my cervix was not dilating evenly because it was really having a lot more pressure on one side than the other because the baby just was not in the center and so um he ended up being a c-section as well um but one that like you know we fully consented to etc then my daughter my youngest she started trying to come at 33 weeks and I had labor at 33 weeks for about like once a week for a whole day. And of course at 33 weeks, a provider is wanting you not to be in labor. So the strategy was, anytime I felt like I was getting into a regular rhythm of contractions, we would load up, go to the hospital, I would be put on IV fluids, sometimes like a medication to calm the uterus down, monitored, given steroids for the baby's lungs, like all these different things. Also because now I had had two C-sections, so, while, like, I would have loved to have a VBAC, we had a pretty good idea that my cervix didn't really do that well. And also, I'd had two babies. Now, she was spaced out a tiny bit more from the from the second one. But still, it had been only about 26 months since I had my first C-section. So, not that long. In that span of time, I'd had two, right? And so, um, so... In that time, I guess I had been more than that. I had been like 30, 36 months. And so, um, my, so my doctor had me keep coming in and he would monitor me. He'd get my labor to stop. He'd send me home, basically put me on like bedif- modified bed rest. The whole time it was funny because he's very, very chill. Um, the OB that I had at the time. And so... By about 35 and a half weeks, I was having contractions. They wouldn't stop. I was in the hospital again overnight, getting fluids, being, you know, getting medication to calm everything down. And then he came in very calmly and said, Well, I think we're going to have to have a baby today. And the bad news is we're going to need to do another C section. The good news is you have now very thoroughly given your body a chance for a V-back and I was like thanks Dr. Williams I was like yeah you're right he was like four centimeters is about all you can do and that's okay like that's we knew that maybe your cervix wasn't going to want to do this you know and your uterus is interesting you know and my midwife he worked with a midwife and she was lovely at one point she was like Kaylee you know, the impact of having half a uterus in your pregnancy is that sometimes it doesn't dilate well and sometimes you need a c-section. The other thing is, she was like, you're half of a uterus, grows double-digit babies, girl. Like this, you have an awesome half, right? So um, I share that because I support a ton of vaginal deliveries, a ton of them. I support a ton of unmedicated births. I support a ton of VBACs. Well, not a ton of VBACs, but like I support VBACs often, right? and it does not make me worse at supporting them that I have never pushed a baby out of my own body like that. And it's not about me, right? So I'm not only saying like, be like me and have it be totally fine that you haven't done this. What I mean is I can support them really well not having had that exact experience myself and that's okay that doesn't make me better or worse at it, right? It's just a part of the process. Now, one thing I will say is I am very good at supporting an unplanned C-section happening because that is part of my life, right? And that's part of my story. That's part of my journey. And so there are advantages to, in some ways, right, to things that you're able to share with a client, but those don't have to be pregnancy and birth Things. Those can also just be life things. So, if you have not had a baby, one huge, huge, huge benefit I think you have is that you do not have a single bit of baggage around your own birth experiences. And I can tell you, as a doula who had births that were not my ideal scenarios, I had planned a water birth, I had planned a holistic, like unmedicated experience prior to my first C section. I, I carried that with me for a number of births at the beginning where I was kind of like, oh, you got the birth I wanted, you know, and over time I was able to kind of let that go. But the reality is that you do not carry that baggage with you if you do not have your own experiences in this field. The other thing is that you, you're able to kind of come without bias, without like Like, let's say you're a person who had a baby and then always got an epidural and thought everyone should have an epidural. You're going to bring that at least a little bit to the birth support that you do, right? Um, And so you don't have any of that if you haven't had a baby yet. You also physically have an easier time in many ways supporting a birth when you aren't currently pregnant or you don't have like a breastfeeding baby or something like that. So there are tremendous advantages. Now, of course, the other advantage for someone who does not have a pregnancy or a baby at the moment, but does want that in the future, is the way increased knowledge and support that happens when you already know what you need and what you want in the midst of your own pregnancy in the future. So I do think it can be beneficial if someone's planning to have a baby or is able to have a baby, which is not a requirement either of this work. You don't have to ever want to have your own baby. That's okay. And you, I know that there are people that can't have their own babies that do this work, you know? So I say all that to say, you absolutely can be the most amazing doula without ever having had anything inside of your own uterus, any kind of pregnancy, any kind of experience with birth. That's okay do not let that hold you back and do not let you yourself convince yourself that it makes you less of an asset to your clients because it does not. Okay. Now, um, as always, I would love to hear what questions you have. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to start having some episodes with special guests again, which I'm so excited about and um the first one up is a copywriter and so that is going to be amazing you're going to hear all about like making fantastic websites and things like that how to kind of hone in on your messaging and so that's going to be the first one we're going to talk about brand colors at some point we're going to talk about um what doulas need to know about referring to different individuals different professionals so i am super excited for that stay tuned for those episodes In the meantime, um, I will have more information about my own doula coaching coming out for the month of June because that is when we are starting the next cohort. So also keep an eye out for that information. If you have a question that you'd like for me to answer on the podcast, reach out to me on Instagram or on TikTok and send me a quick message and let me know what it is. I'm happy to answer it and also give you a shout out. So until next time, I wish you consent-filled, amazing doula experiences. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the doula tips and tits podcast. If you learned something today or had an aha moment, we'd love for you to share that on Instagram and tag us at Harad doula so we can celebrate alongside you. If you found this podcast helpful, we would so appreciate you taking a second to leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps other doulas find us as we do this work together. This podcast is intended as educational and entertainment. It is not medical advice or business advice. Please consult your own medical or legal team for your own needs around.